0: Hello all and welcome back to the Playmaker's Corner podcast. I am your host for this episode, Cody Stoffer. And this episode is somewhat of a combination of requests/best of the rest episodes. And so on these episodes, Mason Austin and I will be taking a look at some of the honorable mentions from our top five senior lists and breaking them down first. If you don't get your name on this episode, don't be discouraged. Just go ahead and head to our social medias. That's at Playmaker Corner on Twitter or Playmakers Corner on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, but go ahead and go to the link tree in our bio and there is a Google form there where you fill out your name, position, you know, what class you're in and link your huddle and we will get to breaking down your film in a very similar fashion to this. Whether it's just an episode or potentially a live stream on Twitch. But with all that being said, I'm going to jump into the best of the rest here, starting with our first honorable mention from the top five senior running backs list, which if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and listen to that. That is episode 97, I wanna say. And, you know, we have, if you don't hear running backs on this, they're probably on that episode. But, anyways, I'm gonna start off at Frederick High School in Frederick, Colorado. Talking about Parker Ayers, the running back out there at five foot nine, 175 pounds, not to mention a 4.028 GPA. So uh, kudos to Parker there for having an incredible GPA and getting it done in the classroom. That's one of the first things that you wanna know about a recruit is if they're a good student. If you're a good student, you have a better chance of getting recruited by some of the top schools in the nation but with all that being said i am going to talk about some things that i do like about parker's game and some of the grades that he got and then following that per custom we're going to talk about some areas of improvement and some things that i did not really like about his film but anyways you know parker he is a very explosive back you know whenever he does see that opportunity you know or that that opening he is all over it and you know that's one of the most impressive things is that, you know, he had to use his vision quite a bit in, you know, this season. So, you know, that, that was one of the things that jumped off the film to me is how many times he was able to cut it back across the field and, you know, stick his foot in the dirt and get across the field. You know, he cuts back across the field quite a bit. And so for that, you know, I gave his footwork 8.4, which is just as a reminder above average to good that the seven to eight range and that is where a lot of his grades kind of fall you know including the power slash explosiveness that i talked about you know and that's you know kind of hand in hand with his acceleration which was his highest grade for me at an 8.5 when he does find the opening and he sticks his foot in the dirt not only is a very explosive and powerful getting into that gear but he gets into that top gear very quickly hence his acceleration being an 8.5 it is easily his best asset on a football field and you know helped him produce this season to the tune of let's see to the tune of 26 touchdowns and 1315 yards on 9.1 yards per carry not to mention that frederick here they had a Decent playoff run before losing to the eventual champions in Fort Morgan. So, you know, no shame in that. And this was a very solid football team on the heels of Parker Ayers. I also just want to quickly mention, you know, that his speed I did rate at a seven, which is both a good and a bad thing, and I'll elaborate on that in a second. But, you know, mainly his footwork. And then, you know, his agility slash change of direction, I did. upon further review, you know, there are some plays that he did send my way and I took a closer look at and overall, you know, he did show ability to cut back across the field in different ways and, you know, and show, you know, a little bit of a spin move here and there and show those quick cuts as well as those jump cuts and those big jukes. So, you know, upon further evaluation of his film, his agility slash change of direction moved up basically an entire point for me. And to which I just want to mention, you know, please send in your film and, you know, anything that we may not have seen in your overall senior film, include stuff like blocking, include even the plays where you only run for like seven yards. I mean, put it near the back, but definitely feel free to send in further film to contradict some things that we may have seen the first time. And I just want to shout out, Parker Ayers for being a great sport about it and being constructive as well as being receptive to some of the things that I kept the same as far as grading him and, you know, being, you know, not defensive when discussing some of the things that he didn't necessarily agree with. He was just like, hey, what if I showed you it and I watched it and here we are. So thank you, Parker, for sending those and uh, thank you to the fans who've doubled back for us as well. Pretty quickly and pretty smoothly, but um, all things considered, I think he's a pretty solid back, but there are a few red flags for me while looking through not only his film, but also just looking through statistics. And part of it is something that he can't help. I can tell by the offense that Frederick runs that Parker here doesn't get a lot of chances to catch the ball. He does have his catches on film and there is one pretty spectacular catch that he does have with his hands however volume is needed to justify big grades here and so you know based off those few catches i couldn't justify giving him more than a 3.1 here and you know one of those passes was really underthrown, so that's kind of a hard thing to grade he did adjust to the ball and catch it but it was with his body or you know kind of in a in a basket kind of catch which is not ideal for what you want there and you know that's partially on the quarterback I'll I'll say that for sure. But, you know, there's just not enough volume to really warrant a higher grade for Parker Ayers here. He just doesn't prove to be a back capable of breaking a ton of tackles other than his balance and body control that can sometimes keep him on his feet, you know, at like a solid six. But he's not somebody who's going to shed a bunch of tackles like we will see later on this list. And it was actually the lowest grade out of the running backs that I watched for the top five senior running back list. Now, right here, if you're familiar, I did talk about his blocking as well as, you know, kind of his frame and weightlifting. And upon further evaluation, you know, with film that he sent in, a lot of it was run blocking film, but he showed very consistent leverage, I would say. And, you know, using that explosiveness that he uses for, you know, his acceleration and in the open field, he applied that to the blocking game, as well as getting underneath the other guy's shoulder pads and actually has a pretty decent handful of pancakes on his film. So I did bump his blocking grade from, I think it was around a three to a six. Actually, I think it's very solid. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of pass blocking film. Just that's just the nature of the Frederick offense. Once again, kind of like the receiving film. But it was impressive enough to jump up to a six. And, you know, his lifting numbers do pop off a bit more on the page. Him and I did discuss kind of what his focuses are. And he does what he can in the weight room to gain that weight. And, you know, so just talking about something that he posted in January. Uh, In January, he did post a video of 225 by 13. And that is exactly where he needs to be is in that weight room getting on that mass, getting on, you know, that kind of bigger bulk. I'd love to see him at 185 or 190, honestly, to play in that next level. And so speaking of that next level, I did look through his Twitter and I don't see any offers, but, you know, it is a mild concern there to to not see any offers. And thinking about Parker's future here, I think that he could be You know, a D2 guy, I think that he's kind of a complimentary back. Like, you would probably want another running back in that backfield. You know, one who's a bit more of a power back to kind of complement Parker here because he is more of that, you know, acceleration, boom play kind of back, which he does do, you know. I mean, he did score 26 touchdowns this year on the ground, seven games of 100-plus yards. So, you know, he's a big play threat. But, you know, his usage wasn't super high. He only had 145 carries compared to some of these guys that we're going to be talking about. That's not that many carries. So, you know, you'd think in a low volume that he could be super duper useful and probably at the strongest point of his game would be as a complimentary back. I think that that's what the future holds for Parker here. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that you have a lot to gain from having Parker on your squad, and you know, you're gonna have a guy who's gonna be able to turn up and score a lot of touchdowns. And, you know, I'd also say on the NAIA level that this would be a great pickup for a lot of teams, but you know, I just don't really see too much of a D1 level fit on some FCS programs potentially, but definitely as a complimentary back. Whereas, you know, on a D2 or NAIA level, you could get away with Parker being your primary back. I do just want him to get bigger. and You know, still a great talent, still very integral to the success of this Frederick team, who I believe did win a playoff game and, you know, had a pretty extensive run, you know, this, this past season, this, you know, fall 21 season, that is. And so you know there's a lot to be proud of for parker there yeah they did win against uh pueblo county 42 to 7 in that opening round so but you know there's a lot for parker to be happy about and there's still a lot for him to work on so my overall grade for parker was around a d minus just because i need to see more size and i need to see more strength before i'm ready to grade him as a next level d1 kind of back but You know, Parker, if you want to come on to the show and if there's any clarifications that you have about your game or anything like that, or just want to talk football, uh, please, you are invited onto the show as well as the rest of these running backs. And so with that being said, coming up next, we're going to talk about another guy who would have been ranked our number 10 back in the state. Hey y'all, and welcome back to the Playmaker's Corner Podcast. I am your host for this episode, Cody Stoffer, and I'm gonna jump right into it talking about Braylon Tate, the running back out of Legacy High School, who you know just missed out on our top five senior running back list. He is five foot nine, 178 pounds, and he is committed to Colorado School of Minds. And so With that being said, obviously, congratulations, Braylon, on your commitment. He is an amazing athlete and obviously a really good student. You know, he did have a couple of different offers, but he's going to stay home and be a part of this very successful Division II program here in the box state. And so with all that being said, why did he get recruited by Mines? Well, first and foremost, he is a great Great athlete. Not only was he the running back for this legacy team, he was also a starting safety who is responsible for a lot of turnovers and a lot of very good hits, big hits, you know, for this legacy team. And so, you know, with the athleticism so high, I have to talk about his speed. I did rate it an 8.4, which is, you know, I think it's top four in terms of all running backs that I've graded so far. He is quick. And, you know, he's quick to leave defenses in the dust once he hits the hole or once he makes the edge. There's basically no chance of catching this guy unless you pray that, you know, he trips or something, which he just doesn't do. You know, his footwork, I did grade at a 7.3, which, uh, you know, is is very good. And, you know, part of that comes from his vision for sure. He's a very patient running back. He's willing to let a play develop and, you know, he waits for his lineman. to, to get in position before he sticks his foot in the dirt and turns up field he's never rushing to get somewhere you know he doesn't freak out he has a lot of poise for a running back which is not something that you know is typically said but it's something that must be said about braylon because you know he doesn't get rattled when you know he sees a defensive end in the backfield he knows okay you know all i need to do is wait one more second i'll put my left foot in the ground and then i'm gonna be back up Field, you know, and this defensive end doesn't matter with where he is in the backfield, or you know, if if a blitz is brought, he does a great job of kind of letting the blitz pass by where he needs to go, and then getting to that hole and accelerating. Speaking of which, his acceleration was his next eight on this list, which, for as a reminder, is good to great. You know, this skill is comparable to a three-star to four-star talent. And, you know, his speed and acceleration are exactly that. He's just so quick and he does a great job of getting up to speed very fast. And, you know, that was a huge part of his success this year where he was able to break off a ton of long runs and average, you know, 6.9 yards per carry and, you know, had a long of 68 yards, not to mention that, you know, his sophomore year, his longest rush was an 84 yard run. And so you're not able to rip off those long runs without some serious speed and without a serious way to get up to speed. And so further elaborating on that, his other eight was power slash explosiveness when he, you know, like I said, he gets up to speed fast. And part of that is just how good he can explode off of that foot and get into that accelerative kind of running motion and thus, you know, have his speed be the way that it is is and you know another thing about his power slash explosiveness is that he'll pop you i mean there's some poor linebackers and some sorry safeties who think that they're gonna get in the way and trip him up and he just pushes right through them and you know specifically i think that the final uh cherry on top of the you know cherry on top was watching the last play of his highlight reel where you know he sees the safety one-on-one And, you know, he has good enough footwork and good enough moves and fluidity, you know, with a 7.8 on agility slash change of direction. He can make a move and make this guy miss, but he shows, you know, the inner football player inside of him, you know, that tenacity and that violence that every football player has and you love to see. And he just lowers his shoulder and he just pops this safety so hard that, you know, the helmet jerks back when, when he gets rocked. And Braylon Tate scores the touchdown. And so that alone, you know, definitely pushed it into that good to great category. And then, you know, just some other categories that were sitting just outside good to great at that seven, you know, 7.8 agilities and uh, change of direction. Like I said, he does a great job of cutting it back, you know, across the field. But also, you know, there's one play where it's like a quick cut, a big juke, and then a little spin all in succession. And, you know, that is a a great play and, you know, something that makes him super elusive on top of his speed and acceleration. And then lastly, you know, his balance slash body control, I did rate at a 7.9 and his tackle breaking slash strength at a 7.6, because like I said, he's put people on their butts before and he's carried multiple players as well. So a very powerful back and a very fast back. So where are the issues in Braylon Tate's game? Well, Braylon Tate is another guy who I think is, well, he's a solid receiver. He's a better receiver than Parker, I'd say. He did finish, you know, his high school career with 44 receptions for 428 yards and four scores. So lots of fours there, by the way. But, uh, you know, he can catch through the air, but it's still not something that I have highly regarded. I gave it a 5.9 because he shows some good hand catching ability on the defensive side of the ball with all the interceptions that he has however you know we don't really get to see him run a lot of routes it's mainly screen plays on offense or swing passes so i don't really know what his route running looks like or what his you know kind of contested catch can look like or i haven't really seen him get popped in his highlight film while catching one of those screen passes to see just how durable his hands kind of are so those are some question marks for me, once again, blocking was a bit of a concern here for me, uh, especially because, you know, I don't think his lifting numbers looked as good as Parker's here. So that's a huge question mark for me. And they're basically the same size, too, at 5'980", so that's not, you know, a great frame, especially if he needs to pass block. Uh, Braylon, you know, I would recommend him putting on weight, but, I mean, Like I said, he does a great enough job at trucking people and, you know, maintaining that body control, but he's also really fast and you don't want to take away what is arguably his strongest trait in his speed. And let's see, I'd say one thing that I kind of docked him for on his vision is that a lot of the holes are very well made by his offensive line, which is not to take away from Braylon, but it certainly makes it easier than some of these running backs who maybe don't play with as talented or you know as dominant of a run blocking offensive line as braylon tate does so you know mainly receiving blocking and a little bit of vision but i mean i'm not really concerned about his vision because of the patience that he brings but mainly working on receiving work on running routes work on you know going against dbs and linebackers and stuff like that if you can get that one-on-one work and then just hit the weight room. You're already going to do it when you go off to school. So just make sure that you're really invested. And so talking about, you know, Braylon Tate's commitment, like I said, he is going to Colorado School of Mines and um, and he's he's just a dog, honestly, who I think is going to fit in well with this new coaching staff, you know, Brandon Moore. He is going to be the 30th head football coach at Colorado School of Mines. And so, you know, I don't think that they're going to slow down his program. I think it's going to be business as usual, being a very, very dominant D2 program like a lot of other Colorado D2 programs. And I think that Braylon Tate could be a D2 championship caliber running back for this School of Mines team. I don't know his odds of starting from the very get-go. I think it's very possible, but I'm not entirely sure what the depth chart looks like there. Plus, you know, at School of Mines, I feel like there especially, a redshirt is not a bad thing because it is one of the most grueling schools in the entire country. D2, D1, whatever level you want to look at, it is a phenomenal school. And, you know, taking a redshirt year is probably not a bad thing, so you can get used to you know, at least practicing and doing that homework at the same time. And then from there, you know, you'll, you'll have, hopefully have a balance between that homework and, you know, the, the football aspect. But I for sure can see him being a running back for a championship team here at Colorado School of Mines. And so with all that being said, obviously, Braylon, wish you the best of luck. And if you have any clarifying things that you want to say about your game, or you want to just be on the show and kind of talk football, you are invited. But that'll be all for Braylon hate and coming up, we got another senior Colorado running back. It's another episode of Playmakers Corner with your host for this episode, Cody Stauffer. And we are going to be talking about one of the most dominant backs on the 5A level. And that is belonging to Columbine's very own Seth Cromwell, the 5'10", 210-pound steam engine out of the Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. He is committed to play on the next level for, I believe it's Missouri Western? yeah missouri western that is where he is committed to as of january 31st so congratulations seth and congratulations missouri western for picking up this very big powerful back here and so just to talk about some numbers here because those are the things that jump off the page in three years here at columbine including you know his sophomore year where he only had 12 carries he ended his high school career with 316 carries For 2,275 yards, as well as 36 touchdowns on a 7.2 yards per carry average. And, you know, tacked on another 120 yards and a score through the air. And so, Seth Cromwell, he's just a strong dude. I mean, his tackle breaking slash strength, I gave an 8.9, which is good to great. And it's bordering very good to elite. You know, I think that his tackle breaking slash strength definitely you know kind of leans towards the four star level of talent and it's just he's just so strong and watching other players try and tackle him throughout the year is hilarious honestly it's like uh like circus music is playing for these defenders as Cromwell just carries them multiple yards or he trucks right through them and keeps going or he bounces off of them and stays on his feet and so With all that being said, you know, his balance and body control and tackle breaking strength, you'll see these two categories go somewhat hand in hand a lot of the time. And this is one of those cases where his balance and body control is at a crazy 8.8. And yeah, he's just so incredibly hard to bring down no matter where you're trying to tackle him. If you try and tackle him at the legs, you know, he'll shake you off and he'll keep running. If you stand up too high, he's going to go through you and it's not going to be a problem for him i i feel like he gets a smile every time he sees a defender standing straight up because that is not the way to stop this guy and he will go through you absolutely adding on to that you know part of that strength and part of that you know balance and ability to shrug off defenders i think comes from his you know power slash explosiveness this was another 8.6 category You know this is a three-star level kind of explosion that he gets once he sticks his foot in the ground and you know when he's in that kind of mess of that front seven because columbine they run a wing t kind of offense and so it's very jumbled in there and it doesn't really matter because cromwell with his vision with his footwork and then with his explosiveness he's able to get out of that crowd and get out of that mess And he can do it through the middle of the field too, which I find very, you know, mature and quite honestly impressive because a lot of running backs, you know, they tend to just bounce it to the outside. You're looking at, you know, Wildcat running back quarterback, Clay Robinson out at Yuma. He's one of those guys where he aims for the edge and Cromwell, you know, he can use the edge to his advantage because cornerbacks and safeties, um, they can't tackle him. I'm just going to be pretty broad there. They can't tackle him. Not by themselves, at least, or not without pushing them out of bounds. So, you know, that's obviously a threat, and you want to keep him inside, but it doesn't matter because he can manipulate that part of the field very well. He knows how to kind of use defenders to block other defenders, if that makes sense. And just reading his line, who was very impressive this year over there at Columbine, they usually have a pretty monstrous offensive line, and this year was no different, you know, as Cromwell did in, you know, a a season where he took a game off, maybe even a game or two off, and was limited in carries because they did have Tyree Trusty there. You know, he did go off for 1,296 yards, so nearly 1,300. And a cool 20 scores. All of these things are, are great about Seth Cromwell. But now it's time to talk about some things that are of concern. Obviously, in this offense, receiving is a concern for me. He doesn't catch a lot of insane passes and, you know, his receiving stats are not super impressive. I mean, on the year, he had five receptions for 69 yards and a score, which when you look at the total number of completions that the Columbine quarterback had, it is a little bit more impressive, but honestly, there's just not enough there for me to warrant a grade higher than a five. You know, you need kind of a little bit of volume on both your film and on your stat sheet to warrant at least a five in this receiving category and you know as the game is growing receiving is more and more important every year so I I know it's a running back list but you have got to be versatile in this modern game of football that is so heavily relied around the passing game so you know that's one part where I kind of had to ding him just a little bit and then you know I was not overly impressed with his speed and acceleration he does rip off some long runs, but I do find on his highlight reel that he is getting caught from behind by some of these skill players, you know, these cornerbacks and these safeties. They're able to take angles and, and catch them. And part of that is just, you know, speed and acceleration, not being fast enough to, you know, crumble your everyday angle that, you know, you can usually take on the defensive side of the ball. The really fast guys are the ones who are able to accelerate and speed past and, you I mean, once they take their, once they take their angle, it's already too late because you've ran past where their angle is going to lead. And so, you know, I do acknowledge that he does have a recorded or listed forty time of four five three, but I don't think it translates super intensely in game. And so, I gave him a pair of six and a halfs there, and I definitely think that his speed training should be his number one focus heading into this upcoming season at Missouri Western. And so with all of this being said, what is my expectation of Seth Cromwell here at Missouri Western? And I'll tell you what, Seth here is as high level of, you know, a D2 running back that you could hope for. I honestly think that he could be a complimentary power back on the FCS level. And, you know, there may have even been some opportunities not power five but some opportunities to play fbs football on someone willing to take a chance just because of how powerful he is and who he does it against you know he did find you know pretty good success i would say against the likes of a valor defense that does have you know a number of division one players on that defensive side of the ball you know in the first game against valor which mason austin got to see he was impressed with Cromwell, as he did rush 21 times for 135 yards and a score. And then in the rematch in the playoffs, he was stunted a little bit more to the tune of 3.2 yards per carry. But nonetheless, he did show signs of burst and he did show that trademark strength that he does have. And he was coming off of a week where he toted the ball 30 times for 146 yards and three scores. So he's somebody who can be a workhorse. He's still. He shows ability to be a workhorse, but doesn't have that many carries coming out of high school. Just a hair over 300, which could be significantly worse. But I think, honestly, this is an ideal situation. Missouri Western is going to use Seth Cromwell. I think that he could get on the field at some point this year. I think that, you know, on the goal line, it's really hard to turn away from Seth Cromwell because of the success that he has and how strong he is and how strong he's going to get at those facilities I think in the red zone he's a great option and I think that you know as far as a first down back goes he could be very good for you and you know if he develops some receiving skill then the sky's the limit honestly for Seth Cromwell I think that you know he's strong enough to hold it down in the blocking game and just working on technique obviously that's something that all running backs should be focused on is working on your technique in the past blocking game maybe have him run some drills with some offensive linemen I know it's not the exact same but, you know just work on that leverage and just where you're putting your hands and whatnot then he could be a three down back if you can develop that receiving skill and you know just get him a little bit faster but i'd be surprised if at some point during his time he wasn't receiving at least 50 percent of snaps if not being a complete starter at missouri western but that does it for seth cromwell you know, an awesome back, highly requested player. We have a lot of respect for him and what he was able to accomplish at this Columbine school. And, you know, he was he was huge to helping them make it to I think it was the elite eight of the playoffs. I want to say. And, uh, you know, he's somebody who can help do that for Missouri Western as well. But uh, that does it for Seth Cromwell. My final grade for him was a C minus at a 70.7 which, uh, means that he's averaging about a seven in every category, which lands you in the above average to good. And I think that at he's he's probably a two-star guy. I can see some universes where he's a three-star guy, but if he can start catching the ball, he for sure is a three-star guy and a, uh, potential three-year starter, starter kind of guy on the next level. But, uh, Coming up next, we are going to go down to the 1A level to talk about some hidden gems. Another running back on this episode, a three-time a three time state champion out of Lyman High School, That is Jera Maya Leeper, the CSU Pueblo commit, standing in at an even six foot. And it says 170 on his his, uh, max preps, but on his huddle, I'm assuming. Oh, wow. It also says 170. He looks a lot heavier than that. And I think that's just because of how strong and how mean he is toting the rock for this dynasty here out in Lyman. And so talking about some things that he does well, you know, like I said, very powerful guy. I did give him a 7.9 in tackle breaking and I gave him an 8.5 in balance slash body control. This is another one of those instances where they are very hand in hand. And you know, he showed us live in the 1A state championship game why he's that guy and why he was the leading rusher in 1A football. You know, in that game against Centauri, they did fall short, but he still averaged almost six yards per carry against one of the best defenses in all of football, regardless of A. You know, when he ran it 19 times for 112 yards and a score, you know, he was just consistently carrying Centauri defenders, including stalwart guys, like Mason Klanch, who was an incredible linebacker for that Centauri squad, and you know um, that that Zach kid as well. He just carried these guys for multiple yards at a time, and very rarely got stonewalled by some of the best linebackers and athletes in the entire state. You know, against a Holyoke team that does boast Miles Sprague as a part of the linebacking core, he did run ten times for 133 yards and a score. So you know he's gotten it done against some very good linebackers on this 1a level that you know as far from a linebacker perspective is a very pure style of linebacker and maybe not the most versatile but definitely one of the stronger you know corn fed style linebackers that you're going to go up against in a season and so you know he found great success and you know rarely was tackled by one guy if ever tackled by one guy over the course of this season And, you know, when he did get pushed around and bumped and tripped, he was able to recover a lot of time. I look at stumble recovery when deciding this kind of balance and body control. And he does a great job of, you know, getting knocked to one side and staying square and, you know, maintaining his his frame and his posture when getting hit or attempted to get tackled by. So, you know, obviously that's a good thing for Jeremiah Leaper here. His power slash explosiveness, you know, when he comes out of the backfield or, you know, he's in open field and somebody starts to approach him, he just has another gear. You know, he puts it in four wheel drive to carry, to take this defender for a ride, essentially, and pick up a few more yards. And so, you know, he's just very strong, very powerful, very similar to the last running back I just talked about in Seth Cromwell. But, you know, there are some things that he does a little bit better. You know, as far as receiving the ball goes, he did have some catches in that state championship game. And overall, you know, he's not the best receiver, but, you know, he is a little bit more versatile. You know, he can line up in the H-back position and run wheel routes and drag routes and stuff like that. So that's obviously a huge deal here. And, you know... His vision overall, like I said, they'll line him up at H-back and he'll still take handoffs. He'll take handoffs at a fullback. He'll take handoffs out of a split back look, out of an I-form look and a single back look. And he's able to find the holes every time. You know, some people on this, some of these guys on this lineman squad were a little undersized, you know, in the line aspect. But A, that didn't stop them from getting a push. And B, that didn't stop Leaper from still being able to read them and know where his cutback lanes are, you know, he found a lot of cutback lanes, which is a slight attribution to his vision mainly, which I rated at a 7.8, but also, you know, kind of his agility and change of direction, which I had at a 6.8. So, you know, not only is he strong, but he can find the holes and, you know, he can work his way there. Lastly, he had the best blocking grade out of any running back on this list with a 7.3 having shown that he can pass block having shown that he can run block and he can run different kind of schemes from that H back position as well if you need him to you know he could do a kickout block he can pull he can down block and then you know he could do read blocks as well not to mention what he can do when he's running out of the backfield lead blocking he's led block for his quarterback before and has created genuine lanes from not only you know his leverage and his positioning but also this is another part where his strength comes into play here as he is able to get a push on a lot of other players in this colorado football uh high school season this past year and so with that being said where did i dock him down and it was his receiving i think that i wanted to see more receiving especially because lyman is a team that does pass the ball from time to time and usually They just don't usually need to because they're just so physically imposing and dominant up front. But, you know, they are a team who, who can pass the ball. And so when given the chance, he did show flashes. But I want to see more. It's another one of those things where I can't justify giving him over a five with such a small workload of nine receptions for 145 and two scores in his years at Lyman. I also didn't find his speed particularly impressive. I think that that's something that you'll see kind of that CSU staff working with him on. He is listed at a 4.6 40 yard dash, but I mean, if you're 170 pounds, you should be in that four or five area and he sh- he should just be faster in general uh, is kind of where I'm at with, uh, with Leaper here. I think that he can improve his speed overall. And, you know, his acceleration isn't necessarily the problem, but his top end speed, he does get caught from behind uh, more times than than I would initially have thought heading into his film. So, you know, that's something for him to work on, whether it's endurance or whether it's overall speed. Those are my points of emphasis for Jeremiah S. Leeper to work on heading into this next year at CSU Pueblo. And so speaking of CSU Pueblo, They just had one of the craziest recruiting classes as far as Colorado high school football goes. And yeah, I'm not really sure what, you know, his path to playing is, but I definitely think that they want to use him. And I think that they understand that, you know, he's a versatile kind of playmaker that can help them in a lot of different ways and so i'm not going to try and guess when exactly he's going to jump in just because there are a decent amount of running backs on this roster i mean you have guys from arizona you have guys from pueblo who still have a couple of years Uh, you also have um james walker from last year he was one of our highest rated running backs he made our top five list out of cherry creek not to mention. Some other guys who are just overall athletes for this CSU Pueblo team who, you know, might take snaps at running back. But with the power that is brought to the table by your boy here, Jeremiah Leaper, he could find himself in a complimentary role uh, sooner than later, depending on what kind of power backs they have there at CSU Pueblo. And so, you know, obviously, wish him the best of luck. Go Thunderwolves. They do a great job of recruiting inside of the state of Colorado. This is another team that is going to be on the rise in that D2 level. They kind of slipped back a little bit when Western surged this past year, but they are not going to remain out of these playoffs for very long. And Jeremiah Leaper could be a part of that formula that does bring, you know, CSU Pueblo back to the relevancy that they were in the early 2010s and But that'll do it for Jeremiah Leeper. Coming up next, here's a guy who's a little bit more versatile than Jeremiah and still plays on the 1A level. Coming up. It's your favorite place for Colorado football talk as well as Women's and Girls Flag Football Talk, Playmakers Corner. And on this episode, talking best of the rest, senior running backs. And that brings us to who I was gunning pretty hard for to make our top five list, but he just narrowly missed out. And, you know, on my list was ranked number six, and that is Kelton Turner out of Meeker High School, the dynamic athlete who can do it all for your program. And so with that being said, I'm going to just jump right into strengths here. You know, I did give him an eight in four different categories, which is three to four star level talent. And, you know, the highest grade that he had was actually his footwork and his speed. I gave both of those an 8.2 here for Kelton Turner, because, you know, while it does say 4.5 to 40 yard dash, in-game speed can look a lot different. Not to mention a 4.306 student and a 1490 SAT. So you got yourselves a smart running back and you got yourselves a very capable and versatile running back here out of Meeker High School. It's really easy to overlook, you know, the the production that he had because he was on the 1A level, but he succeeded against a lot of phenomenal 1A programs. And, you know, he could have been a championship caliber kind of player who really did it all for this Meeker team. And so with that being said, you know, his speed, whether he's catching the ball or running the ball, he just has another gear on a lot of teams. And, you know, his acceleration at an 8.1, you know, that's another thing that goes hand in hand. Not only does he never get caught from behind, there's one play where he catches this out route and he gets up the sideline and four, four people aren't able to catch him. Even with the entire angle of the sideline, on their side just because his speed is that it's that impressive and it's that important to his game and it was that important to a very successful season in meeker and his acceleration is good enough to sprint in between two defenders and make them run into each other literally run into each other and so you know that's that's the kind of next level play that you want to see out of your running back and it's the kind of next level play that kelton turner is very capable of And something that makes him even scarier is his receiving ability. I did give him an 8.1 in receiving. You know, his stats may not jump off the page to you, but the film speaks for itself. He lines up outside at an outside receiver position. He lines up in the slot. He lines up at H-back. He runs routes out of the running back position. And he runs a decent plethora of routes, you know, from those quick outs to those slants and some ins, posts, and You know, he does a great job on his seam routes of exploiting that gap between the linebacker and the safety and or steering that seam more inside or pushing it more outside, depending on if it's a cover one or cover two look. So that's another fantastic part of his game is his football IQ is very, very high. I think that you look at when he runs the ball, he has incredible vision. I rated it a 7.7. And, you know, he has the athleticism and speed to carry that out with agility of a 7.7 and balance slash body control of a 7.9. He, like I said, accelerates in between two defenders, makes them run into themselves. He literally snatches multiple ankles on his highlight reel. There's defenders that just fall down when he hits them with a little left, right, left, or a right, left, left, right. You know what I mean? Like, he can just shift so easily laterally, which... It's just impressive and nice that you don't have to coach that for whatever program is looking at Kelton Turner here. But on top of that, you just get a very, like I said, versatile player. He has 43 receptions for 700 and almost 50 yards and five scores in his few years here at Meeker. And I think that's something that you can keep in mind when recruiting Kelton Turner is at 5'10", 180 pounds, he can be your slot receiver. Like if you don't trust, you know, Him at running back which i don't know why you wouldn't but if you don't really or if you have a full roster of running backs he is somebody who can contribute at slot receiver at outside receiver he's also very dangerous on special teams this is another place where you know he made um kind of a living over his few years here at meeker at one point you know he did have 122 kick return yards in his junior year i want to say it was and not to mention, just, you know, his vision translates well. Like I said, he had a 122 kickoff return yards, and one of those went for a score his junior year. He had a fumble recovery for a touchdown his sophomore year. He's received touchdown passes. He's ran for 41 touchdowns in his four years, with, you know, only one of those coming his freshman year. And just this past year, he showed his versatility and his vision with his touchdowns That came from interceptions. You know, he had two pick sixes this year for this Meeker defense. So he's also a great safety linebacker kind of build and just overall has a high intelligence and just, you know, overall understanding of the game. And so I have to respect that from Kelton Turner and everything that he brings to the table. You know, as a runner, he did, you know, I think he ended the regular season as as the leader of Colorado running or at some point this year, let's see when it was, it was around November 23rd. Um, he was leading the state in rushing yards with 1700 in 68 on, on the, uh, on the regular season. So, you know, he's a heck of a runner and he averaged almost 10 yards per carry and ran for a cool, 23 touchdowns this year out of the 41 total he's had in his career. And so, you know, he did struggle to start the season, but it's the way that he bounced back in later games. Against North Fork, who did have a Defensive Playmaker of the Year candidate in Colson Holenbeek, not to mention just their overall stacked front seven, he ran for 250 yards on them. And they were one of the best defenses in the entire state. In the entire state. They were just nuts. And he ran for three scores in that game against Holyoke, who, like I said, has a mile spray. This was a playoff game that, you know, he, I don't want to say single-handedly won, but boy, did he do a lot to help them win this game. Because in that game, not only did he have two interceptions for 125 yards, he had two punts for 44 yards, he ran for three touchdowns in that game, and no actually he ran for two touchdowns and he had a pick six in that game as well so literally scored half of their points had a ton of tackles and had 238 rushing yards in you know the biggest game of his life to that point point. and they did lose the next week to buena vista but i do not really put this on his shoulders you know he carried the rock 31 times for 153 yards and averaged 4.9 yards per carry that's a great average on that many carries and you know he he did everything he could to will this meeker team to a championship and it hinged on him and man he carried him as far as he possibly could i have a lot of respect for kelton turner as a smart football player as a versatile football player and as a very athletic player who who seems like a yes coach kind of guy and as a student who is a 4.306 i mean what more can you ask for? And just to talk about some of his lifting numbers here, it looks like his squat is around 350. His deadlift is 5, 565. If coaches are into that, there's that to go off of. I'm not really a deadlift coach kind of guy. And he does show potential blocking, which, you know, it 5.6 isn't great. And I think that's just because he doesn't really know how to use leverage. And so this is a good time to talk about areas of improvement. It's working on that leverage and that body position for his blocking. And I think that, you know, his will and know-how is there. It's just a matter of executing it with his body. And furthermore, you know, he's not the strongest when it comes to tackle breaking. I still gave him a 6.8, which is a very solid score. This is, you know, above average. This is around that, between that average and above average kind of area. And, you know, if he can work on just his strength and getting a push on these guys, then I think the sky's the limit. For Kelton Turner here, I honestly think that, you know, he's a FCS level talent. Um, I haven't seen any word on his commitment. I could see from, you know, the level of play that he's on him ending up on a D2 squad. But I mean, holy crap, there's nothing that he can't do. And uh, whatever D2 or NAIA offers him, I say take it and light that field up. Or, you know, if you're not getting the offers that you want, you still want to play college on that next level. Take this GPA and go to a JUCO where scholarships are going to take care of a lot. It's not super expensive to live in most JUCO towns. And uh, you can make a killing and get noticed by some big time scouts. But that would be my advice to Kelton Turner, who I think was, you know, the number two 1A running back. And, you know, in my opinion, the number six running back in all of Colorado, in the senior class, that is. So best of luck to Kelton Turner. We'd love to have you on the show sometime. But with all that being said, we have one more running back to talk about on this episode coming up. All right, my listeners and fans, it is Cody Stoffer here with Playmakers Corner, your number one spot for Colorado high school football film breakdowns and the last running back here on the best of the rest episode. And actually in my ratings, the number five ranked senior running back in Colorado is Zion Hill out of Pine Creek. And just to, let's just read off, you know, some of the stats that he had this year in what was his first full year as a starter He did tote the ball 191 times for 1,354 yards, 13 scores on a 7.1 average. And he added on another 290 yards on 21 catches and two touchdowns through the air. So, you know, a little bit of a balance and a promising start looking at the stat line. And when you look at the film, the receiving is there. You know, he does catch kind of a plethora of passes out of the backfield. But, you know, he really displays his balance slash body control as well as his agility on one catch here. He catches a wheel route out of the backfield and upon catching it, there is a defender immediately in his face in which he makes a quick cut to the left. Then he spins right and then hits a mad juke to the left before carrying two or three players for an additional four or five yards. And if that one play doesn't just exemplify how much of a playmaker Zion Hill is, I really don't know what else to tell you, and you're just not looking hard enough. Zion scored very high in basically every category I had for him. You know, footwork, 7-8. Receiving, 7-2. Agility change direction, uh, or power explosiveness, 8.3. Agility change direction, 7-9. Speed, 7-4. Balance body control, 8-2. Um... Blocking 7-2, which is a very high score for blocking. I actually think that is the highest score for blocking, other than maybe Jeremiah Leeper. Maybe. It just might be the highest score, period. No, no, no. It it's it's right up there with Jeremiah Leeper. It's separated by 0.1 point, which you know is a great testament to how well he's able to pick up blocks. He did that kind of all year, you know, for this Pine Creek team, and you know, gave helped give JoJo Roy time in that pocket and so for that I have a lot of respect he's also a very solid lead blocker you know for Jojo Roy who is a very mobile quarterback and did have quarterback keepers from time to time Zion Hill could use his size and strength to light up a defender and just blow them back on their butt and you know he used that same energy and that same power to put them on their butt with the ball in his hand he's just a stout and very solid running back. I mean, look, he stands at six foot one, 185 pounds. So when he's standing back there, you know, you could just get that feeling like, Oh man, I really hope this guy doesn't run at me at full speed. Cause I do not want to tackle that guy. And that's, he plays like that too. He makes sure to inflict pain upon his opponents. And you know, he's just overall a very consistent running back. The one game that I got to see him live was against Douglas County, who is a 5A school, you know, in that 4A, 5A kind of bracket there. And he ripped them for his best rushing performance all year for 221 yards and three scores, including a couple of longs where he showcased, you know, that solid enough speed to not get caught from behind. And, you know, his acceleration out of the backfield or upon the catch, you know, in the receiving game is super duper impressive. He is just a monster out of the backfield. And, you know, even in, you know, the playoffs where, you know, Jojo Roy wasn't healthy all the time, he was unstoppable. In, you know, the playoff games, he had stat lines of 18 carries for 169 yards and three scores against Bear Creek in what was, you know, a blowout win, 41-7. to But against Loveland, this game was crazy. Simon actually made it to that game and... You know, Brett Alvey for this Pine Creek defense came up huge with a stop to help secure the win. But, you know, Zion Hill scored the only touchdown for Pine Creek this entire game, running the ball 31 times for 165 yards and that one score. And, you know, this is against a very strong Loveland team. This is a championship caliber Loveland defense, one who had won the, you know, fall of 2020 championship and one who had our number one rated linebacker in Ian Loomis. So, you know, this was no slouch of a defense to go up against and he performed and helped carry them to a victory. And I'll be darned if he didn't come really close to helping, you know, claw this very banged up young Pine Creek team to, you know, almost a victory over the eventual state champs in Chatfield, you know, this game he did run the ball 31 times for 196 yards so almost 200 yards and two of the three touchdowns that you know pine creek would score in this game and yeah i mean 196 yards 31 times without your starting quarterback who's a big running threat himself that's when it all fell fell on him and you know i'd say that he delivered obviously it didn't end with the result that they wanted. But, I mean, Chatfield's offense was just magical throughout this postseason. So there's nothing to hold your head down again. You know, no reason to be sad if you're Pine Creek and you were able to go toe-to-toe with the eventual state champs. And if you're Zion Hill, you have a lot to be proud of because you laid it all on the line in this game. And, you know, even in other games against good opponents, you know, a Regis Jesuit who had one of the scariest front sevens in all of football. I talked about that with Jackson brush and Brecken Reiser on their interview, which go ahead and give that a listen if you haven't. But you know, against that defense, he still averaged four yards per carry, which is something that you can live with because as one of my old coaches said, you run the ball for four yards. And if we, every time you get it, that's a first down every three plays. And that's the way that you kind of want it. And against another tough 5A team in legend, who is a final Four team, you know, he did run for five and a half yards per carry. And I think that, you know, he showed that the A's don't really matter when you got it, you got it. And Pine Creek, I mean, they're a program who's going to be moving up to that kind of 5A level here. And so, you know, part of that is because of the display that I think Zion Hill put on this year against 5A talent. And all of that being said, you know, the only kind of knock I have on his game, or at least his lowest grade, which was still at a 6.9, which is, you know, average, it's, it's just about average. On on a good day, it's above average to good. And that was his vision. You know, I think that sometimes he misses potential cutback lanes or maybe he's too committed on running a certain way that he misses some things. But honestly, his vision is still pretty good and he does find the correct hole a lot of times and uses his linemen in conducive ways to picking up big chunks of yardage. And so, you know, obviously... I recommend the same things that any incoming kind of running back should work on. And that's just strength and speed. Obviously, keep training your speed. He's not the fastest guy on the football field, and his speed served him well this past year in Colorado, but there is nothing wrong with getting just a little bit stronger. And so, you know, I kind of want to take a look at his offers and discuss these because He has an offer to McPherson College, which is a D2. He has an offer to Clark University, which is NAIA, and Western New Mexico University, which is a D2. So when you're looking at these schools, you're getting the vibe that he's a D2 player. And I disagree. Honestly, I think that the only thing that's really holding him back is his, you know, sample size is pretty small. He did only play one year, and he played with a very athletic quarterback in a very good program. So I could see some D1 schools maybe afraid that it was a system thing. But honestly, I think that he checks all the boxes out of a running back that you want on the next level, and, and some. You know, he's spectacular in some ways, but he's just good to great. I think, honestly, he should be a three star rated kind of guy, and I think that he should be recruited as one with looks from FCS's and the sort but you know it it tends to happen uh his here in colorado running backs flying under the radar even after monster performances but you know zion honestly whatever path you decide to go with i think that you're going to make it work you know if you can't afford to do a preferred walk-on situation you have that kind of deal going on for a d1 i think you can make that roster you know maybe not this year, but next year. I know that scholarships are tough right now, especially at D1s that over recruited that year during COVID. And so, you know, it's going to be tough, but wherever you go, you're going to ball out. And I have a lot of faith in you to, uh, you know, if you decide to play football on the next level, that you are going to be very successful. But, you know, wh- whatever you choose, it's going to work out. And we would love to have you on the show sometime to kind of discuss your recruiting and uh, some of those opportunities that you're getting. But, Zion Hill, 6'1, 185 pound running back out of Pine Creek High School. Must recruit this guy. You know, you can find him on um, his email is 08zion.hill at gmail.com, or you could reach his NCA, or you know, if you're looking for him as a coach, his NCAA ID is 211239-5708, which you can find on his Twitter, which is Z underscore Hill underscore 08. Recruit this guy. He is going to do wonders for your program. I promise you, he's going to do wonders for your program. And with that film breakdown on Zion Hill, which ended in a final score for me of a 76.4, that concludes this episode of Best of the Rest Senior Running Backs Edition. And just to recap, I talked about Parker Ayers out of Frederick High School. Braylon Tate out of Legacy High School, Seth Cromwell running back for the Columbine Rebels, Jeremiah Leeper and Kelton Turner out of the 1A powerhouses of Lyman and Meeker, respectively. And last but certainly not least, Zion Hill out of Pine Creek High School. All of these guys would be great additions to any of the programs that they're looking at. Mostly consistent D2 level, but... Definitely some D1 upside for a lot of these guys. And so thank you so much for listening to this episode of Playmakers Corner. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can find us on social media at Playmaker Corner on Twitter, Playmakers Corner on Instagram. We are also on TikTok. Go ahead and follow us there where you'll see TikToks of these guys and their highlights, obviously. You can also find us on Facebook. And we are also streaming on Twitch. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitch so that you are notified of all of our newest streams, mainly talking about women's and or girls' flag football. But these will also be tools for future film breakdowns. And if you want your film broken down, go to our social media, go to the link tree in the bio. And in that link tree, the first link will be a Google form. Please go ahead and fill that out if you want your film broken down and fill it out as Full as you can specifically with your huddle linked that helps us out the absolute most as we really start trying to break down a lot of these senior high school football players here in colorado who need the exposure and who deserve the exposure more importantly so stay tuned for all of that and you know until next time oh tune into our youtube by the way on playmakers corner where we post all of our twitch streams unedited and raw reactions right there on YouTube. But with all that being said, for the eighth time, I said that a lot this episode, but uh, that'll conclude this episode of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I have been your host, Cody Stoffer, and stay tuned for Monday, where Mason will have a best of the rest episode waiting for you. Adios.